How's it going, everybody? This is Jonathan Mock here in Taipei. Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. We got four pennies here today. Uh, Taipei edition. It's me oh, yeah. and <laughs> me and my boy Peter. This is gonna be. Uh, well, I don't know how long we have. We're sitting here waiting for all, all the kids to be changed to the bathroom. So, gonna start a quick dad pod. Maybe dad pod four, China edition with uh, Peter. So Peter is living in Chengdu right now. And uh, he has a one-year-old. And let's just dive right in. Peter, what do you this think? This is the, the most unprofessional <laughs> podcast ever. We're literally standing outside of a restroom in Taipei 101 with like probably like 20 people passing by us every minute. You got to do what you got to do. I, I told him I'm not a PTO right now. Like they're trying to keep me out of six pennies. So I got to do my part. Um, so Peter, what do, what do you think? What has been the hardest part of this past year for you? Uh, well, I mean, since it's a dad pod, I think the number one hardest thing is adjusting to your first child and kind of not really understanding what changes. You know things are going to change, but you really have no idea. Even if you just watch like your friends taking care of the kids, you can't really understand it until you actually like you know have the kid and go through day-to-day life with them. Because I think what you see with a lot of people is maybe like a glorified like parenting where they get to have fun and <laughs> take pictures, but then yeah. you spend like the next like 20 hours with them at home and it's like... Then you actually have to take them home. Yeah. Then you have to take them home and then, uh, you know, actually like raise them, you know, and that's probably like the adjustment that most people don't really uh, understand what, it, what that encompasses. Okay, so let's, let's go back to the beginning real quick. So I think you had a very different uh, your son Liam had a very different birth story than a lot of uh, the other ones that we've talked about in previous dad pods so where where was your son born and can you describe that hospital experience yeah so he was born in China Shenzhen uh, Shenzhen is a very modern city so um, you can pretty much expect a lot of the uh, Western uh, you know I guess like the hospital procedures and protocols is very uh, westernized so uh, my wife went into the delivery probably around midnight. Um, for that whole day, we went a little earlier, but the hospital really don't let you check in and uh, really uh, give you a room until like it's ready. So we went back an, at midnight, and then within four hours later, uh, you know, the delivery was done. So wait, it was that fast? It was that fast. It was basically like get in, get out, and then just like you know. That was great. All I remember from that day, we're all in a big group WeChat uh, or big group text, and you're talking about how it was strange since, you know, you're in a different room, and we're kind of just with you, but you couldn't see, you couldn't see your wife Hannah. You could maybe hear her down the hall, like through a couple of glass doors. Uh, so how was what was that like? Yeah, so it was around like two o'clock in the morning uh, when she actually went in, and. Um, you know, we basically had to sit outside. Well, there wasn't anyone there except for like one other dad and uh, myself and uh, my mother-in-law. And, you know, we were just waiting for nurses to just like go into the delivery room for some reason or another because that was the only way for me to know that Hannah was in there was <laughs> to hear like screaming and to hear like baby crying because um, the room was basically designed with like a huge glass window, but the glass window only allows you to see like where the hall goes in. <laughs> So it was like the most useless like glass window ever. You can't see anything until someone turns the corner. 
and I was basically just like glued to like the window for like four hours waiting for something <laughs> to happen. All right, let's go through since I think we all the other dads we had on Dad Pods previously talked about the naming process. So I know this was uh, a pretty complicated ordeal for you guys, kind of coming up with an English name for him. So what different names do you go through and, and how did you, what was the process like? Uh, I think, you know, with, uh, you know, both of us were Christians and um, the number one thing you think of is like, you know, I choose a biblical name to make all our Sunday school teachers happy. <laughs> so <Mrs. Fong. laughs> shout out to uh, PTL Mama Fong and, um, <laughs> So we went through the Bible and we saw a couple of names that we liked. Uh, Thaddeus was one of them. Isaac was another one. And I really like Thaddeus because, uh, you know, it's, it's special and it's a Greek name and it's not a well-known name because, um, you know, uh, you know, in the Bible they like to use Hebrew names and I thought the Greek name was a nice touch. Uh, Wait, Thaddeus is in the Bible? Thaddeus is the Bible. Thaddeus I is... I did not know that. So, uh, I, might, I might be wrong, but you can fact check me on this one, but there's two Judases in the Bible. Right. One of them is bad, one of them is good. Yeah. And Judas, the good Judas, his Greek name is Thaddeus. Oh. Yeah. So he's the, uh, the good Judas. And um, we chose Thaddeus and we gave it to our parents and they thought it pronounced like that daddy and uh, they couldn't pronounce Thaddeus. So we basically just like threw that one out the window, but th but that thing, but the, <laughs> we understand the English name wasn't important as the Chinese name for our parents right. and for ourselves as well, and so we have we had the English name. We used it for about like a month before we told our parents what the English name was, and so we had to change it after a month in because <laughs> they're like, no, we veto it. We're not using Thaddeus. And how then, many, did you? How many vetoes did they have? Was it, it was basically unlimited veto power. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically nothing we could do. All right, so after Thaddeus. So after Thaddeus, we went to Isaac, and then uh, Isaac was a good one because he, he likes laughter. Right? Yeah, he does like to laugh a lot. Yeah. He's a he's a very happy baby, but um, but I thought Isaac wasn't like a common enough name anymore because I don't want him to be like one of those people who are like you know how do you, what's Isaac how do you write Isaac because Isaac does have a really somewhat of a peculiar spelling to it. So you wanted a not completely common name, but not that uncommon either, like yeah. somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle, okay. but, but then we went with Liam, which happened to be the number one, two most popular name this year. So that, <laughs> well, Liam, okay, so Liam was one that I always wanted, and um, it went. It okay, without, without going too much into detail into the Star Wars story, which I'm not too familiar with, but explain why you like Neo. There's only three words you need to know, and if you, if you understand these three words, that's all you need to know. Kwai Gon Jin. That's it. That's why I went with Liam. I, I, I'm going to have to Google this after <laughs> when we get back to the Airbnb myself. Does Hannah even know what those three words mean? She does not know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, She's out of the restroom, <laughs> and this dead pod is about to end. This is probably not even gonna go live. There's like underground pod. Hey, what's going on? No, <laughs> we just had a stranger walk up to us right now. We have future dead here. Future dead show. Uh, okay, real quick then. Maybe we'll just break this into like four or five different installments every time they need to change a diaper, um, and we're not able to help. So one last question for this first installment. What? 
specifically for raising a child in China, um, kind of in Shenzhen and now Chengdu, like what's been the hardest part for that specifically? Um, yeah, I think the, the hardest thing is uh, adjusting to the ridiculous baby prices, especially in China. There's like a huge baby tax because everything is imported. You know, you got mm -hmm. all the carters. Like carters here is basically is about like, you know, we get it for like about, you know, what, five bucks for a shirt right. for a onesie. Five, six, seven. Yeah. yeah. Here it's about like 40, 50 like wait, wait. bucks. US? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's 40, 50 bucks and people buy it. Dude, so, why didn't you tell me, man? We I would have stocked up and brought we it probably, over here. We probably should have like stocked up and like pay for this plane ticket. Hey, is this gonna be a new business? <laughs> this sad part is probably gonna end right now. <laughs> okay. Six all pennies <laughs> to six bills right here. <laughs> okay, all the babies are out of the restroom now. Uh, be back later. So you just heard a little bit from my friend Peter uh, when we were, had 10 minutes to spare outside of the restroom as all three babies that were on the trip in Taipei were getting their diapers changed. Uh, now there's a quick interview with my friend Sho. Uh, he just moved back to China from New York. And I'm really just trying to get down to the bottom of why he wants to go back to China after living in America for the past, you know, few decades of his life. Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. We're gonna, this is Mock here again. We're gonna do another Taipei edition of uh, Six Pennies here with my friend Show. We're currently standing in line outside of a pineapple cake shop. Um, Show especially loves lines. Whenever he sees one, he knows that place is legit. So we're standing on one now, waiting to go in. Uh, but while we have time, figured could interview show a little bit. I don't know if this is going to be long enough to be a real podcast, but we'll see how it goes. We'll just get it started. So, uh, show, how are you liking Taipei? So, is this not going to be used for anything? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Depends how good it is. Wow. Pressure. Pepper's good. It's uh, much nicer now that it rained yesterday. Yeah, so it rained all night yesterday. Uh, show was apparently waiting for me to wake up from my nap to uh, go to the night market. But I ended up sleeping for 12 hours until early next morning, early this morning. So he ended up going by himself. But, uh, but that's just the kind of guy show is. He just moved back. Uh, he's kind of without a city right now. I think he's in Beijing right now. No? Hangzhou. Hangzhou? Yeah. Okay, so he's in Hangzhou right now. And uh, he's going to be looking for a job after this trip, after he gets back from Taipei. Um, let's talk about that real quick. Um, I know you're... One question I... I'm very interested in, I don't know about the rest of the people, but uh, you being born over here, here as an Asia, grew up, when did you move over to the States? When I was eight. Alright, so you moved over to the States when you were eight, uh, went to you know middle school, high school, college, uh, UT there, worked for a few years, uh, went to NBA, worked, worked for a few more years in New York, um, and then you decided to come back. I need to understand why. As when when did you know that coming back to Asia was your end goal? I always knew. I think I always knew sometime. I think in high school. Probably came back for a couple of family trips and uh, by then I was big enough to think for myself so felt like Asia was always home for me. So I uh, always wanted to come back um, for a while and now it's just about finding the right opportunity. So is it a lifestyle thing? So, but I mean, it's weird to me because you grew up in America and I assume you enjoyed your, fully enjoy your time over there. You like the food over there too as, as well. Maybe not as much as here, but from a lifestyle, lifestyle standpoint, you think you prefer Asia over America? 
I think it's just more exciting, at least for where I am in my stage of life, I think. There's a lot of things that make you stop and do like a double take. So uh, I, f I find that gives me more uh, more excitement, more interest. Um, I think the pace of life is also much faster here. So um, things change quite a bit. Um, there's always something new, whether it's like food trends or fashion trends or anything kind of trend. Um, you get to see a lot and sometimes really like absurd things. So uh, it's definitely exciting. But you just spent like four or five years in New York. The, the pace wasn't fast enough for you there? I mean, I was looking at a computer screen the whole time. So that's that's kind of where, uh, where where life took me. So Computer screen or virtual reality. Um, okay, well, is this like a long-term thing for you? Like, do you think, like, what's what, where do you see yourself in five years? I think I'll still be here in five years. Um, if I find it like a good place to, to find to get a job and work and stuff, and um, if you know I end up getting married and stuff like that, I think I'll, I'll spend the, the, the good male woman. Okay, hold on, we're at the front of the line right now. But all right, so let me ask you this: so you're talking about five years, so obviously you're gonna look for a job after this. Um, well, real quick, where where do you prefer? Um, where are you gonna look for a job? Um, Probably just the major cities, Beijing, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. Uh, I, I personally prefer Shanghai over the other cities. Um, what about Beijing versus Hong Kong? Which do you prefer? That's like a rock and a hard place. It's just <laughs> both not really preferable. Probably Hong Kong then, maybe. I just can't deal with the pollution in Beijing. Isn't the pollution in Shanghai pretty bad too? Or no? Um, it is. It's the second worst, but... <laughs> Um, it makes me feel a little better knowing that it's not the worst. So if you go to Beijing or Shanghai, are you going to wear those masks around? Oh, I, I, I bought the mask and the filter before I came. Got to come prepared. Wait, these masks have filters? Like it's, is it one of those like the, the masks people wear to like work out and stuff for high elevation, like to <laughs> test their lungs or, or is it still like the white, like kind of hospital? hospital gown looking thing. So it's not like the 3M construction worker ones, but there are ones where it covers your full face, like including your neck, and then they have interchangeable filters. They're quite expensive. They're like mask and filter together, probably like 50, 60 bucks US. US? And then each filter is good for like, maybe like one or two months. And you bought one of these already? Yeah. Wow, okay, so so show us prepared. Uh, we'll, we'll look into the future a little bit. So let's say five years from now, let's say you're, uh, let's say you're married and you have a kid on the way. Let's, let's just say the first kid is on the way and you have a stable job in one of, the, one of those three cities. Um, you know, you're doing, you're doing well, a stable job. Um, what's the plan from there? Do you, like, would you wanna raise a kid here? Um, I think I could see it go two ways. One where you raise a kid until he's like in kindergarten and then kind of move back to the States. Or you let him finish out, him or her finish out uh, elementary school. So maybe like middle school or high school go to the US. I haven't really thought that far, but um, I'm not, uh, I don't think I, I have to go back to the States when, um, when, uh, when, when the baby is coming. 
So, so, so you'd be okay. It sounds like either of those options, you'd be okay with the baby being born over in Asia and spending the formative, like you know, five or six years at least over here. Yep, that's right. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, we're inside. We're in. We're inside the shop now. We're looking around, and uh, I guess we'll tune in next time and try to record some more when we're in another line or sitting down somewhere. All right. Thanks for listening. So as we mentioned, that was my friend Sho and I standing in line at a famous pineapple cake shop in Taipei. And we finally got in. It was kind of a mad scramble to load up on a bunch of snacks to take back home to America. Uh, but after we checked out, we hit up a nearby cafe where I finally got a chance to sit down with, with all my boys, uh, Peter, Phil, and Sho, to talk about um, a couple dad questions, but also just overall life in China in general. From a dad standpoint with Liam in your lab right now. <laughs> this is still a dad podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have plans in the future to go move back? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're raising a kid in Asia, especially in China, like you know that education is pretty much really bad because it's not as controlled as the states. Okay. You can have really, you can have good schools, but you have to pay a lot of money. And uh, public school is like the worst in China because oh, the, te the teachers, okay. the teachers don't get paid. Yeah, the system. Yeah. So what age are you talking about? If, if I would want him to, to at least have like third grade Chinese education to instill like some of the uh, Chinese background so he doesn't have like no knowledge of it, you know? Because I think that would be a waste. When did you move over to the States yourself? Before first grade. Before first grade. Yeah. So I moved over before I had any education. So that's why it's, I have a huge gap between like my language skills and even from show, right? Because show had first grade before he moved over. So you want Liam to have at least third grade education here in Asia, which means maybe like ninth grade in Third America. grade education, he could he could basically read novels and read newspaper. Novels. Yeah. In terms right? of in terms of language know. skills. He can read Chinese novels and, and newspaper. What were we doing in third grade over there? In the States. That grade was like reading Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps are novels, right? Yeah, novels. Okay. Alright, so at the very latest, we're talking about. He's. How old is he? He's one year now. So Nine or ten. So maybe. At most, maximum <laughs> eight years. Expect Peter back in, back in the States. Start the countdown. Start the countdown. As early as one month away, as late as eight years away. It's not a big range. It's a pretty big range, huh? It's the prime of your life right now. It's been the prime of my life since I've been over here. I've been here... here as in... <laughs> I've been in China since 2010, so that's about seven or eight years of my life. Okay, let me ask you this. I just asked show this about an hour ago when we were at the pineapple pineapple shop. Hey, you need to cut this portion out and cut off the front. Right? Yeah. Well, Only well, the dad part. Don't worry. Alberto edited it up. All right, so um, when did you know? So you were born over here, here being Asia. Yes. You moved over to America before first grade. Yep. You grew up over there. Yep. Uh, same thing as show. You yeah. middle school, high school, college, UT yeah. over there. Yeah. When did you know that you wanted to come back to China? Uh, 
I think the first time I knew was when I was like 15, when I came back for a family vacation and I met like my cousins for the first time. Where were they? They're in China. Okay. Yeah, so I came back, met my cousins and I realized like I had a family outside of like my mom and dad. Because right. oh, yeah. in the US I only have my mom and dad myself at that time. Yeah. So seeing my cousins and then seeing them like all know each other by their name and you know, they would have family gatherings basically every uh, holiday. I felt like, you know, there was a part of my family that I needed to get to know. And if I didn't take the time to know them now, then like, you know, by the time we're like 30 or 40, there's no way that we were going to like reconnect later in our lives. There's just no reason to. Because everyone would be... <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so that was the first time I knew I wanted to at least spend some time back getting to know my relatives and then uh so then my mom tried to like circumvent that idea by bringing my relatives to the states which she right. did she brought over more than 10 people okay. from our family to the states <laughs> but it didn't work <laughs> no but then so when i was 19 i came back to china i met kids that were like really interested and i had no idea that uh people here were that i guess that they had that level of interest to spirituality and you could basically have a conversation with them and they would just listen to you like non-stop and I think that's also the Chinese student mentality is to just be very um, you know good listeners to teaching and all right so here at the table we also have friend Phil and uh, Lena who might not want to be recorded so if she doesn't sign the waiver Albert edited this part out as well but Phil let me ask you then say like would same kid question. Would you want to raise kids in China? Um, the only the only thing that we're, I'm worried about or we're worried about is more pollution. It's one big thing. It's a huge thing. So Phil lives a little back backstory. Phil and Lena live in Shanghai right now, which is, I think, the second most pop, pop uh, polluted city in China. Is that right? Uh, not no? anymore. All, all of the north is. Yeah, yeah. The north is it's pretty much all the same. It's, it's pretty much Shenzhen. all the same. Shenzhen is the nicest. But then uh, <laughs> the all cities. the cities inland, meaning aware, aware, away from yeah. where government officials live, are much more polluted. So Shanghai is actually considered one of the better cities, but still. We're not saying it's a bad thing because we don't want to get in trouble like that girl, <laughs> that valedictorian or whatever that got told. We love China, but um, it is a concern for kids. Okay, so day to day right now, are, do you guys wear masks? No, we don't. No. When it's really bad. Yeah. When it's like over 200. Well, you guys have, there's apps for that, right? Like they show you yeah. like yeah, how polluted a certain day is. They show us what the AQI is, which is a measurement of uh, pollution particles. Okay, so pollution is a big thing. So how does that factor into your decision about, like, are you guys thinking like China long-term, like long, long-term indefinitely? Even with, uh, say, say there's a kid in picture. How does that change anything? We're here indefinitely, uh, mostly because we do feel like we're, we've been led here um, uh, through, by God, and we want to serve our church, serve the people here for sure. And personally, for me, I just feel life in America is just way too comfortable. Um, that's just my personal belief. Right, Lena might not have the same belief. Um, but also, I think life is hard anyway. Yeah, life is life's definitely hard anyway. It's two different. It's different kinds of comfort, right? Different kinds of comfort. But it just, I, I like challenges, and China is a challenge. All right, let me just ask you this: <laughs> When did you know that you wanted to come back to here to uh, Asia, like um, long term after college? I mean, like yeah. once you started working. Probably my 
senior year in high school, I already realized I wanted to come back. Uh, not, I just knew I wanted to go to Asia. Not, not necessarily want to come back to China or Taiwan. But after I became Christian, I decided I wanted to go somewhere outside of America. And then that really, my sophomore year is when I really knew, like, okay, for sure, I'm not staying in America. Like, I'm going to Asia somewhere. So sophomore year of college? college. And um, what happened was my grandmother passed away that summer. So summer, well, she had, she had, she didn't pass away yet. She had, she had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And uh, yeah, in Taiwan, I went to Taiwan to try to, you know, tell her about Jesus, spread the gospel to her, and, but she was unresponsive, couldn't understand. So all I could do was just tell her what I, you know, the gospel and pray for her. And then that's when I realized, like, man, like, there are just way too many people in Asia who don't even have the opportunity to hear the gospel. It's not like they don't want to, they just have no opportunity. They have no outlet to, like, really understand what the gospel is. And so after that, I had decided I want to go back to either China or somewhere in China. I think, I think the number one thing that, well, people don't realize is that for people like maybe me, Phil, and Lena, like, China is already, like, our home. You know, like we basically, well, maybe for him, but we spent like more than pay, like more than seven or eight years here. That's like double the time we spent in college. You've been here since when? 2010. Seven, eight, seven or eight years. <laughs> so we've been here for like double the time we spent at UT in our college. So it's like. Basically, your high school and your college years, you know, in the prime of our 20s. So I think that's like, you know, the, the, the perspective that like we're coming from is like, you know, we've been here for like so long. And I, I got married here and had a baby here. Peter went full Chinese. Gotta go full Chinese. Wow. <laughs> but 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 you're not indefinite like like Phil and Lena. Are. <laughs> well, I mean, like I think you. I mean, at the end of the day, like you know, if anything was to happen, I would still have to go back to the U.S. You know, like because that's what my passport says. <laughs> you know, and I can't become a Chinese citizen anymore once you uh, renounce it, uh, which is what I did. So, you know, at the end of the day, if there is like a war between China and the U.S., regardless of what happens, I was still fly to the nearest embassy and GTFO out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So I think, you I'm know... My US <laughs> so I think you still, I think, you know, we still see US as like, like a, a safe place that we can always choose to go back. But we don't ever want to like default and go back there because we feel like there's a lot of opportunities here to you know, to live the life that you want to live. And, um... No, I mean, that makes a lot more sense because I remember, like, before this Chengdu opportunity came up, you were kind of in a job search for a while after Liam was born. Yeah. And it, for me at least, like, whenever I saw your mom back in, <laughs> back in Houston or at church, like, she would always stop, she would always, like, flag me down and tell me to, like, make you move back here, move back to Houston, move back to Texas. Um, and it felt like, to me at least, like, you were, that was, like, kind of a last resort for you. It was always there, obviously, but it's, it sounded like you were, you were looking for any other opportunity in Asia first before going back to... Yeah, I think, 
I think it's fair to say I didn't see it as a last resort, but it was something that I could always choose. Right. Right. It was never like a closed door, so uh, it was like a safety school for you. But it wasn't. It was there, but it wasn't your first choice either. Yeah. Right now, at least. It wasn't my first choice because I felt like I had to spend time to look for something, and if nothing, you know, uh, nothing came up, then. Uh, for at that time in our lives where we had a newborn uh, it was better to just be in a safe place to just at least like have a safe environment um, and safe as in like not just like physically safe but like the mentally like a state of mind we had a place to stay we had a place to go home we had friends around us um, and so when the Chengdu opportunity came up uh, you can ask Hannah like I actually didn't want to stay in China at that time I told her like you know, if nothing comes up, then, you know, obviously, like, God wants us to move back, and we tried all we can. But at the very last second, something did come up. And even though it wasn't, like, the ideal situation because we had to move to a new city, uh, I was busy out there with uh, only one friend because I was, my business partner was in doing Chengdu, In Chengdu, yeah. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the city. I'd never been there before. And then we just uh, packed up our bags and then just moved out there. Um, mainly because that was... You know, that was um, kind of the agreement that we had with ourselves, with uh, our parents, was that if something came up, we would um, respect that opportunity and do our best to make it happen. Were you worried at all making that move since you did have the newborn going to a new city with, with no one around? Uh, I guess it didn't really worry me because, like, China is... Once you understand, like, what China is and how it operates, like, the system that works here, uh, you basically can live anywhere in China. Um, at the root of, at the heart of what China is, it's still very much, um, you know, a wild, wild west. Because even as a developed uh, city as Shenzhen or Shanghai or Beijing, a lot of things still operate, um, you know, by relationship basis, um, who you know and what you know. And so, yeah, so regardless of what kind of structure or system is in place or how much is westernized, at the heart of what China is, is that it's still a, um, you know, it's, it's still a you know, free game for anyone. Well, I'm just talking about more from like, like you being a dad, like a fatherhood perspective. Like, I, I mean, I tell people all the time, kind of a little joking, half jokingly, I guess, like when they ask me like how fatherhood has been, like I say it's easy. But for me, like looking back, the reason it's easy, aside from, you know, my son being like, he eats well, sleeps well, like easy, easier baby um, on, on that scale, but also because we have a lot of help there. Like we have, our, both of our parents are really close, um, close by, we're like 10 minutes from each, each of them. And we have, you know, a big church family that um, can, can help out with, you know, random babysitting, just a lot of stuff like that. But um, like, what's your day to day like in China? Like, do you work from home most of the time and are you able to kind of hang out with the baby too? Yeah, I think, um, because a lot of what I do is, um, you know, my own businesses or projects, you do have a lot of your own time and you kind of manage yourself. Um, and even if you were to work in a large company, like, you still get a lot of time to kind of manage yourself. Like, even when I was working before, like, you know, I could take days off, but I would make it up. Um, so for us, like, our day-to-day is, you know, normal day, like, I would basically stay home the whole day yeah. if there was no client meetings, if I didn't have to, uh, you know, do some project. And, um, you know, we basically spend, like, the whole day with the baby. So, like, even though 
yes, I wouldn't suggest anyone to like spend their first year of the new year born like moving around and having a somewhat unstable job compared to like a regular nine to five. Like for us, it was never like a, a stress point. Yeah. You know, because we felt like the most important thing was that, especially in the first year, is that if both the mom and dad can be there to take care of the baby and just share that experience, I think that's way more important than having like. Um, you know the, the peripheral things that help you because I think from the very beginning like we made it uh, a point for us that we both uh, spend a lot of time to be with the baby and try to um, you know create that family atmosphere yeah. yeah well yeah for sure from the outside it from the outside looking in at least there's a lot of stressors there with you know moving to a new city and stuff like that but but actually when you think about it like you just said like you're able with this new opportunity to yeah. be at home all the time and able to um, help, help raise this baby and yeah. especially during this first year with, where he needs you know that, that time to bond and everything um, but I know for you especially you've always had kind of more of like an entrepreneurial spirit right yeah. do you think that is a big factor as to why you to how you view China right now like if you were to go back to the states like what do you think what kind of job do you think you would be doing like would you ever go back to like normal nine-to-five or do you think you'd kind of be doing the same kind of entrepreneurial type thing back in the states um, yeah I think entrepreneurial spirit is I mean even in the states like you know most of the successful businesses start from that kind of route right I mean people wanted to do something wanted to disrupt the market or just uh, do something better than someone else. Um, the thing that separates China and America is that for America, you basically have to understand a lot of the rules of the engagement before you can do anything. Whereas in China, you just go do it and then you figure it out. And if you don't follow the rules, you just pay someone. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what happens in China. Because you you spend like, if you spend like half your time like doing something, to that's learn. Not true. <laughs> if you spend half your time like studying the laws and accounting and, the, and all the stuff that stops you from something, something like <laughs> you piss off the wrong person, doesn't matter how much money you have. Don't piss off. Don't piss off Phil. <laughs> but in, in in America, you basically have to get a lo like lawyer up, get an accountant. Yeah and uh, figure out you know how to navigate through the the waters before you can really go out with a plan right like you know all the people who go on like shark tank and all that stuff like i mean that's there's a lot of steps that have to protect them from someone stealing their idea right they have to apply for patents they have to go through all this registration purposes and uh you can safeguard yourself right shark tank will never work in china because one that idea will be copied like before that person walks out the door Wait, are there no patents in China? Or there are. There's copyright protection, but the copyright protection is way looser than uh, anywhere else. You know, it, it's not really a copyright protection. It's it's mainly just like another step in the process. You know, to like give you. A so let me ask you this: something I've always been wondering. This might have nothing to do with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but uh, so those people on Shark Tank who go in and say they have they have their production in a factory in China. Are, what's to stop the, that Chinese factory or another factory right next door from copying that and selling it here? Basically, all that stuff <laughs> is being sold in China right now already. Like, you you get stuff like as seen on TV in America and Walmart, but that stuff is just sold on Taobao all the time. Relationship with factory. If you get a good factory owners, then they won't they won't they will 
quality. So you just gotta you gotta find the right relationship, the, find someone you trust. Is, the thing with manufacturing in China, no one, if it's if it's something that's low tech, anyone can make. Yes, it'll be copied in a second. <laughs> which is why most companies, if they do that in China, it's it's stuff that's not sold in China. It's always stuff that's sold everywhere else, uh, right? Yeah. Or they only do their last step of assembly. For example, Apple does not manufacture any of their high tech like their chips. They're all from Korea. Right, screens are from Korea. They only bring it to China to assemble because they don't want China to know the formula for how to make these things. Which China, you know, can make their own chips and screens as well now too, yeah. but not to the same extent as some other countries. Yeah. I mean, China is definitely like the one-stop shop if you want to just get everything done in one place. But yeah. if you want to like, you know, make barriers to people like becoming a competitor or like copying your product, uh, you know, you, you could go around the routes and just. You know, but at the end of the day, like everything still goes through China because the labor here is just so much cheaper. At some point, right? at some point, and the technology here is way more advanced than even like Mostly India, Vietnam, yeah. you know, and America too. And America. If you go to a Foxconn factory right now, it's basically just as high tech as a Tesla factory in America, oh. if not more. Wow. I mean, you guys seen the video of like the robots doing the delivery handling? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's been happening for like years in China. It's not like it's just happening. It's just someone made a viral video about it. It's iRobot, man. <laughs> iRobot's about to happen. No, but, but that's... Like, people have the wrong impression of China. They think it's dirty, run down, and everyone's like... So on like, you know, wooden like trailers and whatever. But, that, that's my impression, yes. <laughs> but yes, there are still those areas. And, and there may be, you know, those areas are really poor, but... The rich side of China is like way yeah. more advanced than what you can expect. Like, I mean, I try to get you guys all to use WeChat because WeChat is like way more advanced than anything that America could ever make in like 10, 20 years. And not because they can't make it, it's because of a lot of the red tape. It's like a monopoly over here. It's a monopoly over here, yeah. And they continue to monopolize more and more, but the monopoly creates a convenience factor yeah. for the consumer. Right. You know? And so America could never even obtain that level even if they wanted to because the government would never allow it. And that's kind of the entrepreneurial spirit that's very different from America and from China. You know? Yeah. Alright, so last dad pod related question. <laughs> China pod. If this is dad slash China pod or slash China dad pod. Um, so say going back to your earlier comment about maybe eight years from now when, when Liam isn't uh, after he finishes third grade over here in China, and you guys say you guys move back, would you? Would that be like it, or would you ever want to move back over to China after, say, he's after he's all grown up? I don't think we ever had a conversation, but for me, like, I don't see, uh, I don't see America being like where I'll eventually like just end up in. You know, and just like live out the rest of my years there, because um, yeah, I think like the ability for us to move around in China says a lot about the opportunity in the market here. And I think as long as China continues that kind of culture of uh, you know that kind of techno technological advances and you know slowly becoming more legitimized biz businesses instead of a lot of under the table stuff, like then you know this place will always attract people like me or anyone else that want to be here, like, you know, Phil. Um. All right. Oh, okay, so while you're here, one more possible dad pod question. Uh, so you mentioned before that you were going to move, like, 
you're eventually say you have a kid in the future you're, you're gonna want to move back to the states to yeah. to kind of raise them uh would you want to s- still come back to china move back to china after like he's he or she is all grown up um at that point like let's just say like i'm in my 50s yeah say say you're like retirement like where would you want to retire back in the states or here in china i i would probably split my time um i probably spend a couple months in the states a couple months in in the in china and then travel more so i i i i don't see myself having like a home base home base you mean nomad nomad mars <laughs> Mars? That's a one-way ticket. <laughs> no one knows it, but it is. All right, we'll, we'll just go ahead and wrap up there before we talk about Mars here in a second. That actually ended up being the perfect time to finish up the podcast because immediately after that, uh, my baby boy Levi had a top five crap of his life and uh we had to end up changing his really disgusting huge diaper in the middle of the restaurant in the middle of the cafe um but yeah thanks everyone for tuning in hope you enjoyed this taipei edition of the six pennies podcast uh have some dad questions in there and some overall just china questions as well for uh for my friends now residing overseas um please give us a like on facebook at six pennies podcast and Follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Appreciate it.